All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 94. I have returned after a week off, uh, took that week off during the Browns bye week, hoping that we were going to bounce back with a nice win. Did not happen. You know, it's been a bit of a a rough stretch here between the two Cleveland teams playing Browns and Cavs. Not the most exciting basketball and football to be watching. Um, Luckily, Ohio State got a win in there to keep some positivity in my sports life right now. But um, I am recording this after the Cavs lost to the Bucks. Um, Was planning on recording earlier this week, but had to spend hours and hours of my life attempting to get Taylor Swift tickets that I did not get. So um, that's been my week so far. Um, if you have any tickets to, to a show at MetLife that you want to sell for her, uh, hit me up. I'd be happy to take them off your hands. Um, but anyways, back to back to the sports. Um, recording this after the Bucks loss, which was obviously very frustrating. I thought we had a legitimate chance at, at getting a win there because their roster was a little bit beat up. Um, obviously, Jared Allen was out for us, but you you would think that we would have a good shot, and that did not happen. Um, so I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but I'm going to start off with some Buckeyes talk, then we'll get into Cavs, and then we will get into the Browns' devastating loss. Okay, so Buckeyes beat Indiana 56-14. to um, Look, we really needed a solid win like that after the the struggle that it was against Northwestern where it felt like it did not look like a Buckeyes team that was going to be able to beat that team up north. So we needed something like that um, to boost spirits going into this, this final stretch here. We've got one more game before we have to play that team up north, so... Um, just important to be playing some of your best football right now, and that win was definitely uh, a big one. Um, the honestly, the main highlight from the game though came when you know the win was pretty much secured, and they were putting in some uh, guys who are are deeper in the roster and don't really get a lot of time. Um, and Cameron Babb had the amazing moment of scoring a touchdown now if you don't know his story definitely look it up and read a little more about it he was you know a top 100 prospect uh at one point in time and then in really rough fashion has torn four ac well his acl four different times not four acls because you only you don't have four of them but um tore his acl four different times Um, and overcame that each time and kept fighting back. I was talking with um, someone tonight just saying, like, I don't know if I would be able to come back from four ACL tears and continue to play. Like, I honestly think I would give up before it got to that point, Um, and it's really admirable that he just kept the faith alive, kept going, Um, and beyond that, even while he was battling all this adversity, that his team has voted him captain, I think, twice throughout his his time at Ohio State. Um, That's just kind of shows the kind of person and leader he is that his teammates believed in him enough to do that, even as he wasn't, you know, getting a ton of time on the field uh, and was really, really struggling. So I was just so happy for him. It was an eight-yard touch, eight touchdown late in the game. The celebration was the most exciting part. Like I, I don't know if I've ever watched a moment where that 
the entire sideline was just erupting in such a beautiful way. All just so happy for him. Ryan Day looked really happy. Um, And look, when people say like college football is dead, the kids don't care, they are just in it for money now, like show them that moment because that is just a group of guys really rallying around their teammate and someone they really care about and wanting the best for him. Um, Even though, you know, the game was over, that was still important to them to see that happened. So um, just show people that video when they say college football, you know, it doesn't have the same meaning it does anymore because it does. It means a lot to a lot of people, um, including Cameron Babb. Um, just, yeah, major, major props to him. Um, so yeah, we've got just a few weeks left here of, of college football as we go into the final stretch, um, hoping that the, the Bucks can make it into the Big Ten Championship and into the playoffs. So we will see it happens. These last few ones are where it really counts. Obviously, you expect Ohio State to win at the level that they're winning um, and be undefeated, but it, when you have these games down the stretch here, this is when it really, really matters. And you can see that on any given week, any team can win, any team can be upset. Um, so they got to come out playing their best football every single time. Um, last thing I wanted to say about college football, just quickly, is just like major, major condolences to families and friends of the three Virginia football players who were killed last week. Just, I mean, awful, devastating news to wake up to and see that. I just, there's there's no words for it. And I have to imagine that entire team is just going through it at the moment. And uh, I mean, those are their, their brothers, their teammates, and they've got to be struggling through it. I think they canceled Virginia's game this week, which I think was probably the right move. I don't think any of them are probably in the mindset like three of their teammates to be gone just like that from senseless, senseless gun violence. So um, just thoughts with all of them and um, yeah, just hoping for the best for all of their families. Okay, so sad note there, but we're going to move on to the Cavs. So a lot has happened since I last recorded. Um, I feel like last time I recorded, it was just a much more positive note overall in general since I took the, the last week off from the, the Browns bye week. Um, but Cavs have struggled a little bit since I really last got to record. Um, they had a, a West Coast trip that kind of took a toll on them, which look, that's going to happen. I didn't want to be overly concerned about that because... Sometimes I think those long trips away from home do take a toll on you, especially uh, a young team like this. So I didn't want to get too worked up about it. It was nice to beat the Lakers, beat LeBron for the first time since 2011. Um, I was, you know, (laughs) coming into that game. I think the team looked very intimidated to be playing against LeBron, which I get it. I would be also. Um, But it was nice to secure that win and feel like, you know, all right, we started off this West Coast trip on the right foot, but then it kind of took a turn. We had, you know, a loss to the Clippers, the Kings, and the Warriors, which was a big struggle. And I know we've been dealing with a variety of injuries, but so is everyone else. Um, And some, some nights were just bad luck. Some nights were poor play. Like, for example, when we played against Sacramento, they were hitting threes at like a ridiculous rate. I think they were like 43% from three when like the league high this season uh, average is 42. So they were 
they were hitting threes at a very, very high level, and we were very much struggling. And they're, they're not a team that consistently hits threes. They're 37% on the season up until that point. So they're not a team that is regularly doing that. So we, we caught them on a good night, which sometimes is going to happen. It's an 82-game season. Um, and you're going to have to deal with that. Uh, losing to the Warriors sucks. I, I just will always dislike the Warriors. I know last year in the finals, there were plenty of Cavs fans who were cheering for the Warriors because they didn't want the Celtics to win. I could not wrap my head around wanting the Warriors to win another ring. That is just, after all of the years of battling with them, I cannot get my head around that. I was I was not with it. And I don't like Boston either. I'm not... A, you know, a Celtic supporter in any way, but I just could not want in any way. Those maybe are the two last teams I would want to see win the finals. So it was definitely tough. Um, and hate losing to them. Hate the Draymond complaining. It still happens all of the time. It's just still frustrating every time you watch it. Um, and look, they have had a rocky start to their season a little bit, but when they get going, there is nothing like the Warriors just being able to drain threes like it is nobody's business. So still a dangerous team to play all the time. Then after the West Coast trip, we came home, lost to the Timberwolves. Donovan and Jarrett were out, so that was a struggle. The positive from the game, though, was Darius getting 51 points, which was out of his mind. I think that was huge for him because he really needed to get his confidence back in general. You could tell he was he was struggling out in the West Coast. And to be honest, I think he was still battling whatever injury he had to like, I don't know if it was his ankle or his knee or whatever had happened um, earlier. And then he also has his eye that he is still dealing with. Like it, it still looks swollen shut and it looks painful <laughs> and it, it it shows how bad it was that t- to this point he is still looking like he can't fully see and have full range of view when he is on the court um so to see him have a game like that i think was really good for his confidence and to bring him back would have liked to get the win but that was a big positive when you had two of your all-stars out um and now we had the bucks game we were still missing Jarrett, um and it was it wasn't pretty like i had mentioned at the beginning of the episode it would have been nice to get this win because the bucks did have some some really key players out and we would have liked to be able to secure a win in that situation but it didn't happen i do think the biggest takeaway from this game and the last game is that lamar stevens should be getting more minutes on this team now i've talked about lamar on this podcast i've tweeted about lamar a lot i think lamar stevens should be getting more minutes and i think it was proven in these last two games he had 10 points i believe tonight i don't know if he finished out with 10 actually but when i had last looked at the box score he had 10 played pretty well defensively was playing well look we even though like he's not the strongest offensive player in the world um he's better than Isaac right now. I'm sorry. Isaac is just not cutting it at the moment. And at least Lamar was able to, he was making some threes. He was making some shots. Like we need to have some type of offensive firepower at the wing. Um, and he, he was bringing it. So I think he has proven that he should be getting more minutes. He was getting no minutes for most of the start of the season. And then with some injuries here, he's been getting some more time. Um, I would like to see that continue even as guys are coming back um, because he, like I said, he's just shown that he can do it. Um, So I'm not worried overall, really. I know 
it's stressful that we're on this this rough losing streak and nobody wants to be losing like this but we do have to keep in mind it is a really long season uh before the game against the bucks we were still third in the east i am sure with the loss we're still you know have to be top five or six at least obviously everything is is close in those standings right now but i don't want to freak out yet um it is a long year but these things need to be corrected um sometimes it the other thing that has been getting me is some of the weird lineups that we keep out there for too long. And I think part of that has to do with injuries, but you have to know when a guy doesn't have it that night and adjust accordingly in that moment. And I think we need to make sure we keep doing that. I felt like JB was doing a great job of that early on, adjusting as soon as he could tell that someone didn't have it. Now I feel like we've been lingering a little bit longer with some of these lineups that aren't working and we need to adjust those. And I get injuries sometimes limit what you can do, but you gotta, you gotta adjust. Okay, so that's all for the Cavs. On to the Browns, the lovely Cleveland Browns. What is even there to say at this point? 39 to 17 loss to the Dolphins. Abysmal defensive performance once again. I think I saw a statistic on Twitter, and I don't know if this is the exact statistic or what the real metric was, but it was something about our run defense being the worst rated defense in like a decade. Um, So that's pretty depressing to look at. And look, like every week we'll play, not every week, but some weeks when we play a team that has a poor run game, we make them look like they are the best run team in the entire world. And we all know why this is happening at this point. We have the weakest defensive tackles in the league. They get pushed back so far that our linebackers can't be effective because the defensive tackles are getting push back five yards as soon as as soon as the play starts. I mean, it's it's really tough to watch. The rest of the line can't be effective because of this defensive tackle play. And if, gosh, if we could just next season, which I'm sure they're going to do, I know, I, tr- I still trust in Andrew Barry, and I know he's going to look at what's happening and he's going to say, hey, look, the the run game in this league in general has been elevated this season. Teams are running the ball more than they have in many years. And obviously passing is still important and you need to have a great secondary, but it is very important now to have a good run defense. And he's going to look at that and he's going to say, we got to fix the defensive tackle position. And part of me thinks he was waiting to do that until Deshaun Watson was going to have a full season because why spend the money on it when you know you're not going to you know, be going for a Super Bowl at this point, which I think everyone can safely say that was not going to happen this season. So I think his thought process was probably let's spend the money when we are all forces ahead and Deshaun has a full season. Um, But it has been frustrating to watch that it is truly the worst in the league. Like our defense is ranked 31st overall. It's depressing. Um, And you can't win games like that. Like, I know we only put up 17 points, but when you give up 39 points, you're not winning that game. Um, And it's it's been hard to watch. I think the other thing that I continue to struggle with on the offensive side of the ball is we don't have a bad offense. Our offense is pretty decent, actually. I mean, we've seen moments of greatness from... DPJ from Amari Cooper, the way that Jacoby is connected with those two. I know Jacoby's mistakes have been rough and they've definitely hurt us and I am not going to deny that, but our offense has been extremely effective overall and uh, 
compared to other offenses in this league, you can look at the numbers and they are they're doing pretty well. Um, and people still seem to get frustrated by not running Nick Chubb into the ground. Uh, and there's just so many reasons why they're not going to do that and why it would be dumb to expect to give Nick Chubb like 30 carries every single game like some people want to. Um, one of those is because at this point, this season is, you know, I think, like I said about the defensive tackle position, they may have looked at this season as a little bit of a lost season. They never say that out loud, but they may have looked at that coming into it, knowing that Deshaun got the 11 games. Uh, why would you want to run your running back into the ground and hurt his body and put that mileage on him just to know that you're just not going to have it this year uh, when you could save some of that and save that mileage on him for when you are all systems go. Additionally, this game in particular it did not make sense to keep running the ball. The Dolphins' defense was very prepared for a run game. Nick Chubb was running into a wall constantly, and part of that was due to the offensive line that for some reason had a really bad game this week, which is not normal. They usually play very well and are the one reliable piece of this team that you can always count on. Brown's offensive line is going to be good. Wasn't the case this week, Um, and so that was hard for Nick Chubb. He couldn't find those holes like he usually could. He had one big run that was 33 yards, but other than that, he was averaging three yards per carry. So just saying, keep giving Chubb the ball. That's not going to help us win the game when he's going to be running into a wall every single time. Teller was out a bunch more. That hurt us. Njoku being out and being a great blocker, um, I think has hurt us a lot more than people realize. He was really, really helping us out on on that part of the game and we are missing it greatly. Um, So if you just want to give Nick Chubb the ball more, that wasn't going to win us the game. Also, the Dolphins were a high-powered offense. You know you're going to have to put up a lot of points against them. You're not going to do that by just running the ball four yards every play repeatedly. You need to get some big gains. You need to give Jacoby the ball and say, go win the game because we need to get 30 yards here, 20 yards here, 40 yards here. You have to do that when you're playing against a team that puts up 39 points against you. So it's not fair to say just keep running the ball when that realistically was not going to help us win the game. Everyone has this idea that because one person posted a statistic that said when the Browns give Nick Chubb 20 carries or more, the Browns win. This this argument is probably going to make me lose my mind more than any other argument that people have had this season. In games where you are giving your running back a lot of carries, typically, typically, of course there are there are different games where you could point out to one here or there where this doesn't happen, but typically it is because you have taken a lead of some sorts and you are trying to run that clock down. How do you run the clock down? by running the ball and taking time off the clock. If you start passing in those situations, then you are potentially opening yourself up to giving the other team more time with the ball on offense. You are potentially opening yourself up to interceptions and those types of things. Of course, if you run the ball, you can fumble it, but there's there's another added factor there uh, when you pass and when you have someone like 
uh, Jacoby, who has thrown some interceptions. You open yourself up to that. <laughs> um, but in general, those are the games that you're running the ball is when you are up by a good amount and you want to run the clock down. And of course, in those situations, you are going to get a lot of carries and many times win the game. So there's a correlation there, of course, to the number of carries matching up with wins, but that doesn't mean it's what is causing the wins. It is just situational football. Um, And I think people need to understand that because it's frustrating that people just think, if you give Nick 20 carries, you win. That is just not the case. And of course, you can find variables, I'm sure, where it was a close game throughout and Nick did get over 20 carries and you could say, that helps contribute to the win. Of course, you're going to find games like that. But overall, it's just a little bit of a silly argument because of situational football and why you run the ball in certain situations. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is Joe Woods. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of conversation about Joe Woods over the last, honestly, couple of years on if he should be the defensive coordinator of the Browns. I... I've inched closer to it every single week I'm talking on here. I know last time I was like, you know, if people want to fire Joe Woods, I'm not going to be against it, but I'm not a big fire the coach person. I'm honestly all in at this point. I don't think there's any way that you can go into next year with Joe Woods as your defensive coordinator. It is not an option anymore. Just on like precedent of why is this defense so awful? Like you, you can't have it be this bad. Uh, when they have that many elite players. I know the reasons it's not working, and I know that's not going to just be solved by firing Joe Woods. It's obviously going to take a combination of maybe some new coaching in there and then also getting some of those players that we need in order to find success. I'm not you know, delusional enough to think that just firing Joe Woods solves that, but I do think we're getting to the point where that is what needs to happen. Um, and I think what's most frustrating is that like this defense has shown flashes of greatness. We saw it against the Bengals. We saw it against the Ravens. They were pretty good against the Ravens. And I think that proves that Joe Woods is just really good at scheming up uh, this defense against our divisional matchups, but he can't do it against anyone else. And it would be different if we had just never seen those flashes. But when you see them, you see what this defense is capable of and what they can do. So the fact that it is not happening every single week is where you start to question things on the coaching side and wonder what's going wrong there, Um, especially after a bye week. Like they had a whole, whole extra week to prepare to play this Dolphins team and they were the least prepared they've looked all season. It was pretty bad. Maybe only second to the the Patriots because that was pretty bad too, but you just got to be gotta be more prepared than that. There's no way it should have looked that bad. I'm pretty much in the mindset that the Browns are out of playoff contention at this point. I don't think it's happening. We have the Bills coming up here, which is going to be a weird game. I don't know if you guys have looked at the weather forecast. A little bit scary, a lot of snow, um, so I don't know what the game's going to look like. Also, the, the entire Bills team has a sickness going around right now. They didn't even have enough players to practice today, so I have no idea what is happening there, but it doesn't seem like things are great on their end. I still feel like (laughs) there is a high chance that we lose this game. Um, And I think what you really look towards at this point, honestly, is just building on what we need to build this offseason, getting those right pieces in place. Obviously, we know 
when Deshaun returns, the offense is going to look a lot better. They have looked fine, but it, it does elevate it to another level. It gives you some more options of what you can do, but we will be nothing if this defense can't get it together and can't get the right pieces in place. So I think that is priority this offseason is fixing what we need to fix on that side of the ball. Maybe get Deshaun like one more weapon on the offensive side. Another receiver would be good. Um, and then you go from there. Uh, but it's definitely been frustrating. I feel like the first few weeks when we were losing more, I was a bit more emotional about it because I feel like I thought we were still in it. Now I just don't feel that anymore. So I've been a little bit more calm about the losses because it's a bit more expected at this point. I think I've readjusted my expectations and I know where we are at. Um, but it's it's still it still definitely hurts. <laughs> um, so we'll just keep going. No mailbag questions today because it is 11 p.m. And your girl needs to sleep. It's been a long week. Um, so I will catch you guys on the next one. If you could just leave me a review or rating, share with a friend, all of that stuff would very much appreciate it. Um, hopefully the Cavs can turn things around here because that is our hope for Cleveland sports at the moment. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. Go Cavs, go Bucks, and go Browns.